Hello, and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I will give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interests, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Claire Pritchard. She started traveling after university, and she's done a lot of traveling, so I'm excited to hear from her about her travels. But she also supports and coaches people um, to break society expectations on what you should be doing and help people boost their confidence, as people always tell her that she's very confident. So I'm excited to have Claire share her wisdom and knowledge about cultures around the world. So thank you so much, Claire. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and how you got into traveling? Yes. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I always wish I had like a really interesting story here. So how I got into traveling, but actually I was never, ever interested in traveling. It was my best friend. Um, she was always interested in it. And when we finished university, she was like, shall we go traveling? And I was like, not for me, thank you. And it's kind of like, she asked again. And I was like, no, I'm still okay. And then on the third time, I was like, all right, then like, what are you thinking? And essentially, that's just how it started. And then we started discussing where to go. So we decided six months through Central and South America. Um, and then we'd go to Australia for a little bit afterwards. So that's where it started. We went over there. We did um, about a year together. She went home and I stayed out in Australia. Um, and then that that trip was two years. It was meant to be. It was meant to be a year, and I came home two years later. Um, then I got home, and I was like, "Cool, that was fun. I really enjoyed it. Now I'll settle down and do what you're supposed to do and get a job." And I think I lasted about eight months, and I booked a one way flight, and I went off again. Um, and this time I went away for eighteen months and did like loads of cool stuff in that segment of traveling and again came home and I was like okay now I've done two big trips I really I really will kind of chill out and then I think six months later I booked a flight and moved to Iceland lived there for six months and then Covid brought me home so it was very much a uh, very persistent best friend that got me going traveling, but I couldn't be more grateful. I often kind of just sit and think like, who would I be today if I hadn't gone traveling, if I hadn't gone and done everything? And I think that's where now my passion for helping people with their confidence to break society's expectations has come from because I without my best friend would be climbing a career ladder because that's what you're meant to do. I'd probably be with my partner and I'd definitely have kids by now. And I just would have followed that society's timeline. That is kind of that unwritten one that tells you what you should be doing. And so now I support people to build the confidence to go against that. I have a program that's called Back Yourself and I get people to just back themselves to make the decisions that they want to do and to change their life so that they are living a fulfilled life. And it doesn't necessarily always mean like going traveling, you know, that can be quite extreme, but it's leaving a job that you're not happy in. It's like moving to a city, you know, just like even these small little things that will make you live a more fulfilled life. But if someone wants to go traveling, that's definitely on the list. <laughs> 
Yes. So it sounds, you know, very organic, if at first a little bit uh, urged by somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So can you share kind of at the beginning that first moments of travel, like what you experienced that was different than your home life that you really did end up just wanting to stay? Yeah, so we flew into Mexico. So we did the first part in Central America. Um, And it was like Mexico is just completely different culture. And I think that's what I enjoyed the most was just jumping into that different culture. And it was most definitely like quite uncomfortable as well. Like I'm not going to be like in those first few nights, like I jumped straight into it and it was great. Like I was like, what the hell is going on here? In my first night in the hostel, these two girls came up to me and they were like, hello, how are you? How long have you been traveling? And they were so chatty. And I was just like, I've never met you before. Like, how come you're talking to me so nicely? But that's just what you do with traveling. So there's a lot of adapting to it as well. And I think as soon as I kind of like realized that, I was like, okay, like I get it. And I think there is a bit of, like you have to get it, like you have to kind of like adjust. And I'm not too sure like where where you're from, whether you will just have conversations with people in the street, but we don't really do that here. Definitely not in the South in London, but in Manchester a bit more friendly, but you don't really talk to people in the streets or just like in bars anymore. So when people were just like coming up to you and talking and they're interested in you, it was like, right, this is great. And then like I say, the culture is just amazing to just speak to different people, especially locals. So obviously, like people speak Spanish over there. And I didn't speak any Spanish when I went over there. And so I joined a homestay and signed up to practice Spanish because I didn't want to be that classic Brit who's just going around speaking English. And I mean, essentially, I did go around speaking English because no one could understand my Spanish accent and it was actually easier to just speak English in the end. But I gave it a go and it just really pushed every bit of me. Like I had to try new things. I had to really just jump in the deep end with loads of different things. And, and you don't really do that at home. At home, you're in your comfort zone. You've grown up there. You know everyone around. Like I could walk into the pub or into the town down the road and I know I'd meet people on the street I know I'd know someone in the pub to have a drink with like I was comfortable drop me in Mexico completely uncomfortable but you learn to adapt and then you start to become comfortable so then the further we traveled down the more comfortable that you'd get and then I was that person that was jumping on people trying to have those conversations when you knew that they were a new traveler because that's what you do. You kind of support people. You you kind of think, okay, if they've never traveled before, they're going to be feeling how I was feeling that first night in Mexico. So let's have a conversation with them. Let's see what they're up to. Let's see what the plan is. And it just, it's just flows. It's just a really nice environment to be in. And so then was your travel kind of really planned or were you also being a little bit spontaneous? Definitely spontaneous. I always say to people when they ask me, like, what to do when they go, like, plan your first two nights, have somewhere to stay, know where you're going. But if you make this plan for like six months or six weeks, you're going to meet someone who's super cool. 
they're going to tell you somewhere that they're going you're going to be like but I want to go with you and then you'll you'll change your plan and you want to like you you build like a group of people and they go along so we had things along the way that we kind of like knew we wanted to do you know like when we got to Peru we knew we wanted to do Machu Picchu we know we wanted to go to the salt flats in Bolivia there was a volcano that I wouldn't say we definitely wanted to hike but it was one of them that maybe you should hike whilst you're there so we did it so we had different things like that along the way but it wasn't like we're going to stay here for so many days we're going to stay here for so many days because like traveling is just like you just let it flow just see what happens see who you meet go where you go and just kind of enjoy the ride really and so then were you ever working in these various countries to help like support the travel or were you kind of doing remote work? How logistically were you able to continue travel and not have a nine to five that you didn't seem to want? So I worked before I left. So I, when I graduated university, I worked for nine months and I worked every hour that God sent. I had two jobs. I worked the weekends, the evenings. That was just mission, save money. So that gave me enough money to do the first six months through Central and South America. And then we got to Australia and we were like, okay, then I think we're going to have to do some work here because the money is gone. So we had working visas in Australia. So we worked for the year in Australia. So we did six months in Sydney and then six months on the West Coast. Um, and on that West Coast, I was in such a remote place. The money that I was earning, I, like I couldn't spend it. There was nowhere to spend it at all. We had like a bakery, a mini supermarket. Um, what else was there? Like a little gift shop. So even if I wanted to, like I couldn't spend my wages. So that was super lucky that I then ended up saving enough money from there to then travel for six months after that. And that's what kind of like transitioned it into that two years rather than the shorter one year that we had planned. So I never really worked when I was doing the traveling. I haven't actually done that ever really. I've always kind of done that bulk save money so that I can just like enjoy the traveling as I go. Um, but it'd be quite, it'd be, I do, I do think about that digital nomad life and think how it'd work, but you'd have to have some solid discipline to see the beach just five minutes down the road and then you stay logged on and doing work. And so then what was it like having to return home during COVID and not know what the future was going to look like since you had been traveling and living elsewhere? In all honesty, I had quite mixed emotions about it. I was quite excited to come home for a bit because I'd been away for so long and I get along with my family really well. Like I'm really close to my parents and my sister and then like everyone else that's around. So I was actually quite, I, I don't know if it's really strange to say, but I really enjoyed those first few months of COVID. I mean, obviously I thought it was going to be two weeks of lockdown and then I'd be gone. And then when you kind of like clocked on that, all right, this is not that it's something much bigger it was like okay let's go with it so I wasn't working because obviously a lot of the jobs went so I was just hanging around with my mum and dad at home we had over here the NHS had um, rainbows and people were doing loads of different things with rainbows so I started making some rainbows and was selling them to raise money for the NHS so that was keeping me busy we had a really hot summer which we don't ever usually have 
so that was really nice so kind of just like fell into that quite nicely but then obviously the novelty wore off and it was a bit like right okay what are we gonna do and to be fair I have been home since COVID I haven't actually gone because I then did get the nine till five and I have been in that since and I think there's always going to be this feeling when when you have traveled and when you've gone there's always going to be that like you hear about another country and you see everyone on social media and there's always kind of that longing but for me traveling's just changed now it's not so much those longer trips it's the shorter trips and it's fitting them into my life now so like last year I think I did like eight holidays but like some were just like four day breaks, some were a week. So I just squeezed that into the nine to five that I currently have at the minute because that's where I'm at. I am obviously like I have my own coaching business, so I'm trying to grow that, which will then give me a little bit more freedom so I can see that kind of future vision. But it was difficult working that nine to five and seeing everyone else traveling. And I think it took a lot for me to like work on myself and accept that traveling doesn't have to be a two-year trip traveling doesn't have to be this long backpack and as soon as I started to realize that and incorporate more of these smaller trips into my life I then became happier and it just kind of like flowed a lot nicer I went to loads of different countries in Europe usually I go to the other side of the world so it was like right whilst I'm here utilize Europe like you can be in a different country in two hours like why am I not doing that so it's been super nice to now just have shorter breaks in Europe because that just is what is working for me at the minute and so then do you find on these shorter trips that you wish you could stay longer and then that you didn't have to go back to the nine to five or are you kind of more comfortable now with this I'm only experiencing this new place for a short period of time and then I'll be able to go somewhere else. Oh no, I absolutely start looking at houses that I can buy in each country that I go to because I'm definitely going to move there. <laughs> but I think I think that's just like the excitement and like you just like it just feels nice. Usually it's a hot country and it's like of course I want to be here. So there is always that like I definitely would think about going here, think about living there, but then the reality is like you've got a nine to five at home, you're going to have to go home. So there is, like I say, there is that always that longing to like what could be next, what what could be. Um, but there is that you have to come home, you've got that nine to five. But it does make you appreciate those shorter trips a lot more because you know that they're short, you know, right, you're going home to the nine to five, whereas when you're doing those longer trips, you kind of just, yeah, I'll have three days just doing nothing because I've got 18 months ahead of me. Whereas with those four days, it's like, right, we've got four days. Let's make the most of it because this is like precious time now because we will be back in work on Monday. And so then you mentioned with Mexico, not knowing Spanish and then the accent mm. kind of throwing people off. So you were, you know, reverting back to English what have various language barriers been like for you in the various places you visited? Um, so basically every country has been a language barrier. Um, I, I'm just not a language person and I think I, I have got quite a Mancunian accent. It's quite strong. So when I try and speak the accent, speak the words, it's, 
in my head I'm saying it right but it just isn't coming across so it it makes it difficult to converse but you just have fun with it like we were I remember us being in a supermarket one time and we were looking for eggs and eggs is huevos and I'm sure I'm saying eggs and I say huevos but the woman is looking at me like I don't know what you're talking about and she didn't speak English we're in quite a rural part at this stage so me and my friend just like looked at each other and like what do we do so to be fair this was her rather than me she just started acting out a chicken and then like like acted out <laughs> getting an egg from her and like showing this and I was looking at her like are you okay like what are you doing and the woman was like ah yes she got it straight away and she took us over there so it's like it could be frustrating that they don't understand my Spanish and then that they don't speak English but like have fun with it like we just acted out a lot we pointed a lot we just kind of went with it like you you have to really otherwise there's no like there's no point in getting stressed about it um I did a stint in Nepal and that was a really good place because there were some people that that some Nepali people that didn't speak any English and then there were people that were quite good at English so they then created English lessons and Nepali lessons so then we started to learn the basics and then we were able to converse and when I say converse like words but it just then allowed that connection to go so I think as long as you're making the effort as long as you're trying it shows that you've kind of like got that respect and you're giving it a go and you're not just like I'm going to speak English because it's the universal language like give it a go maybe they're not going to understand but have a bit of fun with it at the same time definitely now you've listed a lot of places that you've gone so far do you like have a count of how many countries you've gone to I think I'm about 42 countries I think (laughs) I'm not sure the last few that I've been to in the last year if that's including but yeah around like 42. And so then where do you still want to go that you have not yet been able to see? Ooh so India is big on the list I am hoping to go there for Christmas actually so hopefully we'll get that one ticked off. Tonga has always been so high up on the list I think I saw a video where whales were there and they were super like easy to see so that's just always been like really top on the list um I'd really like to go and have a go of like the Middle East and like Kazakhstan all kind of the stands around there they'd be quite good countries to go to they're meant to be like super beautiful so obviously picking like the right ones would be really nice to go to and explore there but I do also really like the sea so I'm always kind of like and then dipping dipping a country in the sea on the way home and actually Albania Albania is one have you seen that it seems to be going a little bit wild on social media at the minute my sister went a couple of months ago and she sold it to me big time so Albania's see that I could I could just name every country now <laughs> the list never gets shorter it just constantly gets bigger and bigger and so how do you pick where you travel? Um, oh, good question. I think it probably depends on what I'm after. Um, so this year I've been to Morocco. So 
me and my sister went together and we wanted somewhere with culture. So we've done quite a bit of Europe with it being COVID. And I was just like, I'm just like, just missing, missing culture. I want to like get slapped in the face with a whole load of culture and culture differences and like experience it. Cause that is the bit that I enjoyed about traveling. And then obviously for Europe, because it's somewhere that we've been when we were growing up quite a bit on like holidays with the family, you kind of get a little bit used to that. So we went to Morocco just because we had a short amount of time. It's an easiest place to get to. It is that slapper culture and you can kind of do it in a few days. Um, and then I was in Portugal last week because I have some friends there. So that kind of like ticked two boxes that I got to go and see friends whilst also going and being in the sun and stuff. So I guess it depends on what I want from the travel, from the holiday um often when I go away I can be like I want to be busy 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 I need to be doing everything and then I come home like really tired and I'm like god now I need another holiday because I'm really tired so then if I do end up doing that the next holiday will be right this is a chill holiday beach relaxing kind of one so I guess it depends like what what your intention is what you want and then also if there's someone who wants to go with you if they've got an input then see, see what they're thinking as well and so then how like far in advance do you plan your travel? Um, I think holidays are always on my mind. I'm always <laughs> thinking about where to go, what's happening. I've like the algorithm on Instagram obviously knows that I like to travel. So it's constantly like showing me new things. So um, I guess... Like, I know I'm going to go for, to Christmas. I'm going to go to India around Christmas time. And then I don't actually have anything planned after that. But I've had quite a few holidays recently. But once India's, like, done, and I know I haven't got anything else left, then the brain will be like, okay, where, where are we going? Let's get planning. Um, so I guess there's no kind of, like, set schedule. It's just as and when and it depends how long the last trip was so my last trip was two weeks so I feel like that's sufficient enough to last me until <laughs> Christmas for now especially with the nine to five right now you mentioned you know on the recent trip with Morocco that culture was something that you were looking for and was very important to you so what is it about these different cultures that you're experiencing that draws you to these places I think it's just learning about different people and different cultures I think quite often when you're at home the media can tell you things about certain countries and certain people and make you believe certain things that actually aren't true so when you go over there to a different country, you get that first-hand experience. You get to talk to a local. You get to see exactly how it is and hear how it is from their side. And I think that's like really important to kind of just like debunk what the media are trying to tell you. With the other countries that I've been to, it is like meeting those people. Like that is one of the best parts. So. In Nepal, when we were there, we really got to know the local people. And you just, you just, ex it's just a completely different experience. Like when you, when you travel, obviously you meet a lot of other travelers and that's really fun. But 
it's kind of like you could be anywhere if you're just meeting those travelers but if you get to just sit down and have that conversation with the local people and just just understand them just like learn what their culture is I mean it it's not like you're gonna have like a test or it's not like you need to know but it's just it's interesting it's very different to see how different people live their lives it's it's interesting to try new things like when when we were in Nepal we were were building schools for a little bit and then when we'd finished building the schools we went to the village of the local guys who were on the who were on the site building with us so they invited us all back to theirs so we got to go to this like really really rural village that we would never have ever even like thought or heard of and we went there and we're all like all westerners super excited like walking down having a great time and then you go to the toilet and there's no toilet roll and there's no shop that sells toilet roll because people don't use toilet roll in those villages and we were all just like oh okay right so we're using our hands then that's essentially what we're going to have to do because that's their culture and it's like I've told people that and they're like oh my god that's disgusting how do you do it and it's like like if some people are doing it for the whole life like you're okay to do it for two or three days that that you're there and it's just that like experience and that kind of like being forced to do things like that it just changes your perspective and I think it just makes you appreciate then toilet roll when you do get home (laughs) but also just experiencing the life that they live and how welcoming they are and like they they didn't have a lot of money but they had us all around to stay they all gave us their beds you know like they were just so welcoming they cooked all the food for us and it was just so like wholesome and just like such a gorgeous experience that you wouldn't ever get kind of like here or in in your home country Yeah, I think the fact that you are really assimilating yourself into these experiences that the local people are their day to day. Like, I think that is so important to travel. You mentioned even just the as you visit and meet different travelers, like you could be anywhere because you're all just traveling. Now, you said early on how you know, you don't necessarily know who and where you would be if you didn't have this travel, like you would have followed that sort of typical nine to five, settle down, marry children and all of that. So what Mm. are your biggest takeaways from traveling that has shaped who you are today? Um, I think it is that there is no one path that you have to go down and that everybody is completely different so when I first went traveling I was 21 ish so like quite young quite young yeah (laughs) and I was out there and a lot of other people were similar ages but then you see other people that are like 30 40 50 and they're traveling and I'm not gonna lie when I was 21 I was like that's interesting like why are they not at home like working and everything because I still was in that mindset of when I go home I'll get a proper job and I'll do this and that and I think once I like really just kind of like was away from the noise of society of like do this do this do this it really let me see that there is no one path that you have to do like you can literally do anything like you don't have to follow this nine to five or you don't have to climb the career ladder 
you can do anything and and that's okay and I think traveling definitely gave me the confidence to know that that is okay and so now when I've come home like I, I have got a nine to five at the minute but like I say like I've got this business and a lot of people kind of think oh gosh you try to grow a business and this and I'm like yeah like why not and I'll keep going at it and if it fails then there'll be another business because like that's what keeps me going it's it's like I'm so into it and I'm so passionate about it and I feel that that's given me that traveling has given me that drive to just know that it will all fall into place it will work and if it doesn't then (laughs) there's always a plane that I can book on and go somewhere and I just think it just kind of like leaves leaves your path open for you rather than you having to go down a certain route so I definitely feel like it has just given me that confidence to be like I want to do this I know I can do this I'm going to go and do it and like don't get me wrong I definitely have days where I'm like I can't do this but I will bring it back and I and I know that that's normal and I know that I will get to where I'm going to be and I will create that lifestyle for myself that is the one that works for me And so then the confidence that you gained through travel probably is part of where you got this itch to start a business. So do you want to share kind of what that process has been like and what you're doing outside of the nine to five? Yeah, so I am a confidence coach. So I work with people one to one to get them to build the confidence to live the life that they want. I'm currently doing a breathwork qualification so that I can need breathwork classes so that we can bring that into the coaching because we live our lives so much in this kind of like fight or flight response that you're just constantly on edge. You're like, it creates diseases. It it impacts your body. It's there's so much, there's so much in it. I could go and talk for another hour on this and we just constantly are in this fight or flight. So this breath work just like brings you down. It just like brings you to this rest and digest and just gives you some time to relax. Because when we're relaxing, we're sat on the sofa scrolling on Instagram and watching TV. Like that's not relaxing. You're constantly still alert then. So bringing this in with the coaching is a nice, um, two like nice ways for it to come together to then support individuals to become that confident person to do the things that they want to do. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a tough process, I'm not going to lie. Like, growing your own business from scratch alongside a nine-to-five, it's like sometimes it's, is this ever going to work? And then it all kind of falls into place and you roll with it and you work hard. But it's you just like I just can't stop like I know this will never be something that I will walk away from because it's so passionate and I think because I know that people are stuck in that nine to five and I know people want to leave their jobs but they can't and I know that they can because I've actually got a post coming out in a couple of days um about when I finished university I did so much temporary work and I just tempt and tempt and tempt and I never really thought that I got anything from it, but it just gave me the confidence to be able to walk away from a job. Like I've, I've handed my notice in so many times because it's all just temporary work that I'm not scared now to have my notice in. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people are scared of. It's scared. You're scared to hand that notice in, to walk away, to, you know, the unknown. 
but that like that really doesn't scare me like I I know what I expect from a job I know what I'm worth I know what kind of things I want to be doing and if it doesn't tick the boxes there's something out there that will and I'll walk away and I'll go and find that whereas I think often you can kind of get in that like circle of fear and just but then I won't be able to pay my bills and then I won't be able to do this and I won't be able to and it's like what if it doesn't work out what if this happens and it's like what if it all works out what if it all goes 10 times better than you could ever imagine like as humans we focus so much on the negative and then like once you focus on that it's it's just going around in your head but if you just flip that and it's like what if it all works out what if you leave your job and a job comes in offering you 10 times your salary better hours flexible work and you can travel and you never would have got that if you hadn't walked away from that job that you were so scared to walk away from so I do think yeah this the confidence once you've built it once you've got it once you back yourself it's the possibilities are endless And so do you ever find yourself with like kind of a lack of confidence knowing that you are helping other people boost their own confidence? As to whether I can help them build their confidence. With that or just kind of like in general? I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and say like I'm 100% confident all the time that i absolutely be lying I don't really think anyone is I think it's natural to have those bits of self-doubt and to question yourself and I think that's good because it like it makes you question yourself it makes you question whether what you're doing is right and there are definitely situations where my confidence does drop but I think I've kind of learned where and how to tap into different like tools and different mindset shifts and reframing to bring that confidence back up so yeah no 100% there definitely are times where I'm like what am I doing I can't do this I'm well out my depth and then it's like okay no let's bring this back down like you can do it like break it down little steps often people have these goals that are like 100 steps in front and it's like no let's break this down let's take small steps like I had a client that I worked had a session with yesterday and she had a goal for two years time. And I was like, two years? Do you think you're going to be grafting for two years and you're not going to see any success along the way because your timeline is in two years? Let's break it down because she's going to achieve two qualifications in that time. So there's achievements. And like, what are you going to achieve in the next week? What are you going to achieve that is going to take those steps towards that big goal? Because once you can see those small steps, that then boosts you because you're like right this is working I'm achieving this right I'm doing this this is okay rather than my god it's been six months and I'm still not at the goal that I want to achieve so it is just kind of like breaking it down then to build up that confidence but yeah no 100% not going to sit here and say I'm confident all the time because that would be a lie (laughs) yeah I think like the main reason I asked was because you know if you're working with someone you're like I'm working with a confidence coach. Like you could get into this mindset of like, therefore the end goal is to be confident all the time. But as you just did, like that's not realistic and there are pros and like, it's more about working when you have self-doubt to bring in that confidence that you are in a better state. Definitely. And confidence as well is like I always say, confidence is a skill. 
and it's taking action. So a lot of people will say, like, so say traveling, like, oh, well, I don't feel ready for traveling yet. Like, I need to work on my confidence. And then when I'm confident, I'll go traveling. But you're not going to wake up one day and be like, okay, I'm confident. (laughs) Now I'll go traveling. That's not how it works. You have to take that action. You have to take the action to build the confidence. So, like, clients that come with me, we're like action takers. Like, when we finish a session, it'll be like, right, what action do we want to take? What do you want to do? Because when you take the action, you can see that you maybe, you know, you've you've got a bit of competence. There is something there which gives you a bit of confidence, which then builds more confidence. You create the skill. You take a different action, and that's how it then builds rather than like I say all right maybe in four years I'll wake up and I'll feel confident and then I'll go because that ain't gonna happen (laughs) yes so what kind of pushed you to want to help others with their confidence I think it's because when I was younger and before traveling I like wasn't really that confident um I and my, like I keep saying, my program's called Back Yourself. Like I didn't back myself. Like I would constantly compare myself to other people. You know, I'm I'm a six foot girl, and I'd always be looking at like the small petite girls and be like, oh, like I wish I could be like them. And I'd then c- compensate and be really loud because I thought loud was confident. And actually, like com- you're not if you if you're loud, you're not confident. Like confidence is like how you feel in yourself you can have a person who sits in the room and observes and is super quiet and they are confident and you can have someone that's really really loud and they're probably the one that's less confident because they're trying to overcompensate for that lack of confidence which I think is very interesting it is yeah you the perception of somebody else's confidence doesn't always translate and how you kind of interpret your own confidence, I think, is is an important skill to be to be learning. So you've talked a lot about things you've done, plans for the future. What, you know, is the goal to kind of be coaching full time with the flexibility to travel? Or are you not quite sure where the where the future holds? I think at this moment, I'm not 100% sure. I've been in stages over the past few years where I'm like, okay, I'm going to move to this country now. And I plan and I have like such a, like a longing for it and it doesn't happen. And then I get like a bit disappointed and potentially maybe it wasn't quite realistic, but I just was holding on to that travel part inside of me. So now I've kind of like let it go a bit and I'm like, let's just see how it flows. So like, I've got visions and like I would love for the coaching to go full time so that it gives me that flexibility. I'd I'd love for Breathwork to become like something that I do. I have ideas to be doing it in different countries and to be traveling with it. But at the moment, I'm just letting them be ideas and I'm just going to let it flow and see what happens. Because I think sometimes if, if you plan a little bit too much, you kind of like cut out different opportunities that could come to you because you kind of are a little bit tunnel vision. So it would be amazing if it went full time and yeah, gave me that full flexibility. And I don't doubt that I will get that opportunity, but I just don't have it so specific yet. Just 
just to see what else could happen as well. <laughs> yes, you're allowing for the unknowns and the flexibility. I'm curious, kind of with everything you've got going on, would you consider yourself an organized person? Depends in which area of my life we're talking. It's really interesting, actually. Like when it comes to this business and it comes to my clients, like I am so organized. Everyone has their own little folders with their notes in and I send them different things. And this just seems to be so organized. But if you go upstairs and take a look at my bedroom, like that's not organized. And then I like to plan things in kind of like my day-to-day life so that I know what I'm doing in terms of like social events and different things like that. Um, So I I guess overall I am probably quite organised. It flexes a little bit whereabouts it is. Um, But yeah, I think sometimes you need need that organisation. I think if I don't have any organisation at all, then I'd probably feel a little bit out of control. But it's quite interesting when I when I was traveling like I was the one that just was like whatever you want go with it I didn't need to organize anything I was just so chill like wherever wherever you plan because I was with my best friend I was like that's fine with me and then where whoever with me if they'd recommended somewhere I'd be like yeah cool let's go there so it's definitely two very different Claire's now that I'm home but I think different situations isn't it like imagine I just woke up on a Monday like I might go to work today or you know I might stay in bed like (laughs) it doesn't quite work so I guess I'm organized when I have to be organized and when it when it works but then if if I can let it go a little bit it's it does drop there great now before I start to wrap things up is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners today I guess if you've been inspired by the conversation um, and you want to have a conversation about building your confidence, about backing yourself, I am opening. I've got spaces for four people to join my program that's starting on the 1st of October. Um, And that's a one-to-one program where we will take action, we'll create goals. I've got loads of resources. We'll have breathwork classes. It's a gorgeous gorgeous program I've got some people on it already and honestly they are unreal people making such good changes so if you've been inspired by this and you're interested follow me on my social media pop me a message just pop me a message have a chat like I said before I'm now used to people popping up and saying hello to me if I can do it in a hostel I can do it over Instagram or social media so yeah just send me a message have a chat with me and if if this is the right program for you, then we we get you signed up and go in. Great. I'll definitely be making sure to leave your social media in the description for people to be able to reach out to you. Now, at the end of all my episodes, I do ask my guests a random question. So my question for you is, what are your favorite scents or smells? Ooh very good one I like I like fresh linen fresh linen do you know when you do a wash and you put it out to dry outside so it has the fresh air and then it comes inside that smell is so good and then when it stays so that when you take it out of your drawers and you can still smell it 
Oh, it's so good. That's a quite a funny question that you asked me that because I'm always so proud of my nose. Like I think I've got such a good nose for smelling. And if someone is wearing like a scent, if I, I, I can usually call it out, I can usually be like, oh, is that this one? And they'll be like, how do you know? And I'm like, I just, I love, I love smells. <laughs> so an interesting one for you to ask me that. But yeah, fresh linen can't beat it. All right, that brings this episode to a close. So as I mentioned, I'll be leaving Claire's social media in the description. So she is on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok if you want to go check out those pages and connect with her. And of course, if you'd like to connect with the podcast, our website is in the description as well. It brings you to our social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The website also, of course, brings you to all of our past episodes. So feel free to check all of that out. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, my email is in the description. That is always the best way to reach out to me. And if you'd like to support the podcast monetarily, there is a link to do that as well. So thank you so much, Claire, for spending time with me today. And to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story. Until next time. Bye. Bye.